You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Welcome to Untapped Keg. I'm RJ Zimmerman here with my good friend Monte Ball. How you doing, big guy? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm alive and well. I'm breathing. Um, so I'm blessed and I'm excited for the guest that we have today. But how are you doing, RJ? I'm good, except for the fact you forgot your hashtag there. It's hashtag blessed. Get it right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're excited to be joined by Mr. Chris Borland. Woo! How you doing? Thank you for joining us on the or so early on this Sunday morning. I'm doing great. I'm hashtag blessed on this Sunday morning. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yes, good Chris, rainy. man, it's really yeah. I'm sorry. I was gonna say it's really good to have you, man. Obviously, for those who who um, aren't too familiar with Chris Borland, um, Chris Borland from Dayton, Ohio. Um, I was fortunate enough to play side by side with him at the University of Wisconsin. He played linebacker. I played running back. So we met. Every day in practice in the hole. And uh, and then um, Chris went on to play in the National Football League, was a pro bowler his rookie year, balling out, and then um, decided to walk away from the game. And that's what we're going to get into today, man. But Chris, uh, excited to have you, man. Uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> thrilled to be on. I love what you guys do. Um, I was a pro bowl alternate. Uh, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I also... Hey, I often leave that out too, but uh, that last word. But uh, yeah, no, it was, you it was a good just, ride. And, um, you're a pro bowler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just stop short of saying the alternate. But um, yeah, no, I'm thrilled to be on. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we've been together for a decade. We came in to Wisconsin yeah. together, and um, like you said, uh, you'd run by me in practice, and then I'd try to make up for it for hitting you in the hole. So, so we uh, we met. <laughs> Thousands of times. Yeah, man. I, I, I tend to think about it. I'm like, man, we really made each other better. Um, because let's be honest, you're the best linebacker in the Big Ten, arguably in the in, in NCAA. And I had to go up against that every single day. And so and, and vice versa. You 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 allowed for me to to get better, to become a dominant running back at the collegiate level, and um and I helped you to be a dominant running back. So it was just an awesome awesome thing um but let's hop right into it man um and i i'm just gonna go ahead and get right to it man so can you uh share a little bit with us about um your journey man just uh you know your decision what led to your decision to to walk away from the game at such a high level you were averaging about 12 to 14 tackles a game which is ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) well that's that's maybe part of the decision um it was a lot went into it. I um, uh, I was concussed before the season started in camp, and uh, was still at a point where I was, you know, I had a chip on my shoulder. I was always a smaller guy and wanted, uh, felt like I had something to prove. Um, so I didn't know if I'd make the team, um, and I, you know, I was going to make the team, but um, I was fighting for a position. I was fighting for a starting spot, and I was concussed and played through it. And, you know, you get a lot of time on your hands in the, and more in the NFL than in the NCAA and uh, started to wonder, you know, you'd, I'd heard of these stories of former players that, um, you know, downstream had, had tragic stories. And 
I just wondered um, what I was getting myself into. Um, the narrative around those guys was that they had a lot of other things going on, um, you know, steroid use or drug use or underlying mental illness. And um, I just wanted to basically find out if I achieved my goals of playing for a decade of trying to become a Hall of Famer, what would the actuary be for mm. like my mental health outcomes, my brain damage? Um, so I began to read um, some articles um, and then some scientific papers and um, a few books, and, and then it just kind of snowballed. And as the season went on, I was learning more, and then I began to reach out to the people that were doing the work. Um, and what it caused me to do, I think initially I was skeptical. Um, you know, like within that football bubble, uh, it's not exactly rational. So I, my initial thoughts were. Uh, and these people are trying to tear down the game or they're trying to get funding, you know, so they're just highlighting one aspect of, of, of the outcomes. Mm. The more the more I read, the more I learned, I kind of had to surrender to the reality. Um, part of that surrendering was being more honest with my history. Um, had a brain injury in eighth grade. I was knocked out in a soccer game for like two minutes. Um, bruising in, on my brain, went to the hospital. Um, and then two years later, I had a similar injury as a 10th grade football player. So in hindsight, and at 30 years old now, um, you know, I probably should have stopped all contact sports after that injury in 10th grade. Um, but wow. went both ways, <laughs> went <Yeah>. both ways, wow. <laughs> went both ways at a small Catholic high school. Uh, Monte, you know how much I played at Wisconsin, um, you know, special teams, defense, <laughs> never missed like three games other than the year I redshirted and played right. for five years. And, um, same with the Niners, um, you know, missed last two games of a 20 game season, including preseason. So a lot of, uh, a lot of blows to the brain and, um, yeah. I feel great. I, I, we can get in later to some things that, uh, yeah. guys can do to, to be healthy, but, um, you know, feel great. And I think what I just expressed, I haven't really, you know, when I'm interviewed typically about the decision, like the most salacious one minute makes the headline. And um, like my personal history was, you know, had that not happened, my history, I would have played a little longer, I think. But um, right. that doesn't exactly uh, you know, get clicks or sell papers or get people to watch <laughs> if, you, if it's, you know, young and man. Then- and makes re- makes reason reason personal choice isn't as sexy as most dangerous man in football. And here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing, Borland. I really wanted you just to share that, obviously, just to give some backstories to those who may not know who you are. But I'm a believer in, you know, that stuff doesn't define you. Uh, none of that. Your brain injuries, none of that. I think what you're doing from the point of when you stop playing football to today and onward is, in my opinion, who Chris Christopher Borland is, and that's most definitely where we're going to get into, man, because you are, you're a pioneer, you're a trailblazer, you're most, you're literally um, forcing the issue of mental health care um, with our athletes, student athletes, um, within the professional world, corporate America, et cetera. And uh, I'm really excited, man. I'm, I'm, I got one more question and then I'm going to shut up and let RJ start talking. <laughs> but um after you obviously made your decision to um, walk away from the game of football, and and again, you and I share the similar feelings with with the game. Uh, you know, you 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 hopped into you search inside yourself institute right as a certified teacher, 
we would love to hear a little bit more about that. Like, what does that entail and, and um, what drove you to to go in that direction? Yeah, I'd, um well, there was a couple of preceding steps. So um, I spent like a year doing advocacy after I retired. I didn't plan on it, but um, so much came my way where people were asking for help. Um, and, you know, I thought I was in a position to do so. And mm. so I spent a year similar to you, Monte, like embracing uh, my role and, and trying to use it in the plat- my platform to help other people. Um, and one of those uh, efforts was coming back to Wisconsin and meeting with Richie Davidson, who is a researcher in town that um, you know is world-renowned neuroscientist studying the benefits of meditation. Um, I dabbled in it a little bit right after I quit. I, my brother-in-law sent me uh, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, and I read it and um, loved the philosophy and tried to do the practice, which is a little... Um, it's Zen, which is very strict. Um, so I like looking back, I'm surprised I stuck with it, but I, I recognized something in it that was beneficial that helped me find calm in the storm of, you know, public criticism and you know, lots of obligations and like a stressful, um, you know, a stressful few months there immediately after I quit. Um, so I met with Richie and I, I just po- proposed the idea of doing something for football players and, uh, he was game. So we, uh, you know, it started a little slow, but within two years, we ran a first of its kind pilot program. Um, and so part of, you know, those two years were uh, me just getting further and further into meditation and mindfulness. So um, Richie's on the board at Search Inside Yourself, which is a, n- a nonprofit. It started at Google um, it then was taken out. Um, and it's all about thriving and personal well-being within your professional context. So. Um, the teacher certification program is like a year, a year long training. Um, and you know, once you're trained, you can go into environments and, and share the program. And um, I've all I've done it now for four years and um, love it. And I, you know, I do it. I think I'll always do it on the side for mm-hmm. all my life. Um, it's really about um, positive psychology, uh, mindfulness, emotional intelligence. But what's great is that it's. Uh, how well it's integrated. So some of those concepts can be ephemeral, hard to like put into practice. Mm-hmm. And Monte, you've been through the program. So, you yeah. know, we bring in things that you're working on in, in your professional and or personal life mm-hmm. and map these practices to it immediately. Um, and then follow up for four weeks afterwards, because that's how you know, behavioral change science suggests these things stick. And um, I've had a lot of success. I've done it in the private sector with nonprofits and education and in athletics and uh, just love the program. We've got um, it's picking up now. I think at the tail end of the pandemic, a lot of people could use it. So right. my colleague, my colleague, James and I are have got like a dozen programs lined up this year. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah. RJ, I'll let you go, man. I, I just shot away for like 10 minutes at him. <laughs> no problem. It. <laughs> Your, to say your story is interesting, I think is an understatement, but uh, you're talking about how, uh, you know, the inside the football circles, uh, you know, things aren't really, re- have you met a group of men? Because you, let me tell you, toxic masculinity, we aren't really around reality very often. <laughs> so you, <laughs> we're big, tough guys. We can, we can do it all. 
but like, so emotional intelligence, um, mm. we've talked about that a lot, um, on the show. And when I was looking at your profile, uh, about the, uh, you know, the, uh, gosh darn it. Now I just lost the name of the program. Uh, search inside search, yourself. Search, search inside, inside yourself. yourself. They talked yeah. about it's the not other. a good, it's not a good name. I, <laughs> I, I had it too. I was doing, I, I did research. I did research. And, uh, so the emotional intelligence, how did you find that to be? Because, uh, for me and Mons, like part of why we went to alcohol was to shut off our emotions. Um, and now we've had to come to terms kind of with our emotions and kind of build ourselves up. Like I always yeah. tell my partner that I'm like a 12 year old when it comes to emotional intelligence, because <laughs> I just never had to work on it. I mean, growing up as boys, you're taught to be stoic, but how, how did you find it, um, in that? Because that's really interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I can, it, it definitely resonates with me. I didn't grow up in a family. You know, Irish Catholics aren't known for being like talking <laughs> openly about their emotions. <laughs> um, and similar with sports, like you know, I I can even think back. My brothers, older brothers, were all athletes, and like their advice to me is like, never let your opponent see you weak. Like, never put your hands on your knees. Never. And some of that's maybe appropriate in sports, but outside the lines. Um, I think I was an empathic kid. I think I was a sensitive kid and had a hard time driving. Like I have to be this archetype. And then I, I get cut off a piece of myself to fit into that, to that role. And um, one, I, I think, you know, it is inextricable to toxic masculinity. Like there's so many guys that are high achieving in sports and, you know, in the business and other things that emotionally are like, uh, like, kind of like children. Um, And it's so often been presented as if like emotions are um, superfluous, like take care of your business, get things done. And like, you can deal with that later. And um, I think it's the exact opposite. I think they're integral to your productivity. uh, First of all, to your well being. It's, and it's, if you're in touch with your emotions, if you're aware of how you're feeling or how you're interacting or engaging and anything you do, um, that makes it more sustainable because you have like a, a keener sense of like, it's like better data. Like this is exactly precisely how I feel when I do this. And this is maybe why. And that awareness is, is like so valuable because I'm with you guys. I, I, um, I haven't dealt with alcoholism, but I've certainly have like in the past had behavior where I was totally just doing something to not feel or to avoid. Um, and it's, it can be hard to turn to your emotions, but like search inside yourself, these practices like help do it in a subtle way where you can practice it. And the key, what really enlightening when I met with Richie and when I began to get involved more in meditation was that these skills were all trainable. Um, I growing up and as a young man thought like, you know, some people are naturally kind. Some people are dicks. It's just how life is. Right. Um, you can you can work on being a good, nice person, um, which is an amazing thing that I think we've taken for granted. And last quarter century of positive psychology has shown us like you can be more kinder, more empathic, more resilient, right. and you can work on that like you work on a golf swing. 
and it doesn't take a ton, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a day of these practices and, um, and then doing them in the real world when you check out at the grocery store or when you go home to your wife, um, it really builds. Um, so it was a huge epiphany to me. And then it's fun to get to do it professionally. I, um, to see the let, same light bulb go off when we teach programs uh, is a lot of fun. <clears throat> and great segue. Great, great segue, Chris, because I, you, you touched on it right there. And I, and I kind of wanted to, for us to jump into it, that program and this, you had like a two day program. Remember at the ranch? Mm-hmm. Uh, Beautiful spot, man. And I, uh, so, so to those listening in, so Chris, so Chris put together this, this two day, pretty much mental health, uh, meditation, active listening, uh, program out on this ranch here in Wisconsin. And, um, I was one of maybe eight others, nine others who were part of it. And I will be the first to say that. That was honestly one of the, and I'm not just saying this, man. I'm not just you know, blowing smoke up you, but this was, I was honestly one of the most like peaceful moments um, that I've like ever had because you made it a point for us to focus on certain things that, you know, you just go about your daily life. You don't really pay attention to stuff like that, like active listening, like listen to what someone's saying instead of just being ready to respond. Um, just little practices like that. And I kind of really want you to touch on that stuff, man. That program was, was wonderful and, uh, taught a lot about myself in, in 48 hours. <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty intense. Um, <laughs> you know, you do a lot in, in those two days. So the program's organized in a very simple way. The, the formula that search inside yourself uses is we're going to teach the emotional intelligence competencies mm. um, using mindfulness and um, that is going to help with your EQ. So um, and a lot of science is, is baked in. There's been an explosion in neuroscience uh, of meditation and its benefits over the last 10 years. So um, in maybe 20 years. So um, that can be a hook for people. Cause I think uh, without the science some people can be like, ah, it's like, this woo woo stuff that, you know, is, is strange, but, um, you know, Richie is a, a pioneer here in Madison and lots mm. of scientists now have scans of how the brain's different, uh, when you do these practices regularly. So it is, um, it is physiological. It's not just your psyche. Um, but that's, that's an aside. What's really important, I think, and what's special about search inside yourself is, is doing it in the environment that we do it and with people, um, that you interact with a lot or people that you get to know over the two days. Um, and you really go through it as a group. And, mm. um, so I, emotional intelligence is great. The mindfulness is kind of the, your way to get into it. But I often think about how it's changed during the pandemic and it's not the same on a Skype call. It's good. It's good. But, um, to be there as a group, um, I think is vital. And, uh, you know, the qu- quickest way to kill a wolf is just, just cut it off from the pack. And um, I think we have an irony of our times is, is we're more interconnected than ever with, with you know, social media and phones right. and texting, uh, and at the same time, more isolated. Um, so I, I think the group component is so important. And, um, you know, the content is, is lovely. If people want to check it out, it's at S-I-Y-L-I dot org. Silly. Um, again, a, a <laughs> terrible 
Terrible we'll, Google, Google, we'll put Google it in the man. chat. Yeah, we'll put it in good. the chat. <laughs> so yeah, it's, the program is cool, and you can check it out. But I, I really think that, and you, we know this as athletes, that team component. Um, right. When you're all on the same page and working toward the same goal and care about one another, um, that is like it's hard to pin down and study. But I think for mental health, um, being a part of a tribe is just mm -hmm. it, it, it's huge. Absolutely, man. And it seems like that's what, you know, you, Richie Davidson, that's what your guys' sort of mantra has been is, is to get people together. Let's learn and grow together. And that that's literally the foundation of our podcast. The foundation of everything that RJ and I do is, is learning and growing together. Um, and so it's really, really awesome, man, to have you on here. And again, when, when I wanted you to share that, because I again, I, I learned so much about myself in literally 48 hours. Um, and it wasn't even really 48 hours. It was like, what, eight hours a day, I think it was, <laughs> for two days. Yeah. So I highly recommend for people to check that out. I, I I really, really do. Get a couple of your friends, family together and and, and do that. Um, it, it's a wonderful study and practice. Yeah, and there's, um, so I, if people are listening and are in Madison, uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I had a meeting with the Chamber of Commerce about hopefully, um, doing the program for free, um, for, uh, Madison area, small businesses. Um, so that's, nice. that's to hopefully wow. come this summer. Um, but, um, we'll see how it shakes out, but there'd be a chance if you're interested, just, um, I'll tweet about it or something if it, if it works out, but, uh, yeah. hopefully this summer, um, we'll get Google to underwrite it or somebody else to, mm -hmm. to take care of the bill. And, uh, and do it regularly for anyone that wants at the end of the pandemic to, to do these practices. Oh, well, count me in. That's going to be really useful too, because like you said, this is the most stressful time that like we yeah. have lived through. I mean, um, <clears throat> that's something that we've talked about is for people who just started their sober journeys, like right now, like I so much power to you because the stress right. that has come with this year, you know, loss of jobs, loss of everything, what we took for granted and, normal life has just been upended and how's it going to change? We still don't know because it's not going to go back to completely normal. Um, but you're talking about, uh, before about meditation and how that's helped you. Do you is that something that you start your day with? How often do you meditate yourself? And then, uh, you know, does it just, does it bring you like an inner calmness or does it allow your mind to kind of wipe out the stuff that doesn't matter as much like those nagging, I guess I'm, I'm interested in this. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, there's some, there's some misconception around like erasing your thoughts or clearing your mind. Right. You're, you're always going to have shit going on. So, um, right. but meditation kind of just helps those, those flakes in the snow globe, uh, settle a little bit because life really shakes it. Um, so I, I've, I try to do, meditation three times a day and I, my kind of my general format is like once in the morning once in the afternoon and once before bed sometimes long sometimes four minutes um right but just i, I just want to there's a really interesting book that um richie wrote called um altered states and it's a or altered traits i'm sorry it's a play on altered states so meditation changes your state of mind his whole theory is over a long time, it actually changes your traits. Um, but I, I remember reading in there that there was some study in Europe done where uh, if you meditate for like 
15 minutes, your state is changed for about four hours. And so me being a little bit like anal former football player, I thought, well, like, I'll just meditate for 15 minutes once every four hours and always be in that state. Um, <laughs> not, not exactly how it works, but um, I, I do think there's you know, checking in with yourself uh, when you get up, see how you're doing emotionally. Yeah. Um, I can be, I can overdrink coffee. So uh, replacing an afternoon coffee with a 10 minute, you know, breathing exercise. Um and then sleep's a huge one. And I think um, there's a lot of practices that benefit your, you're getting a good night's rest. So there's a whole field of yoga called yoga nidra, which is like a, a, a term for sleep. So it's a yoga sleep. And you do these like deep relaxation practices. Um, I usually am out before I'm halfway through. Um, so I'd say to answer your question three times a day for maybe anywhere from five to 20 minutes. That's that's <clears throat> again, and it's. I'm, I'm glad that you kind of brought it up about how some people are a little hesitant uh, when it comes to meditating and thinking it's you know this voodoo or or what have you. So my question to you, man, is I know that you know, like I said, you and, and Richie Davis and you guys are pioneers, trailblazers. Excuse me, trailblazers. You guys are doing things that are against the norm. And so my question to you is, what is some of the pushback that you've been receiving, um, if you have been receiving any, um, with maybe organizations, obviously not naming them, but uh, what's like some of the hurdles that you're that you're facing when it comes to making this, trying to make this more accessible and and more of a social norm for for corporate America and and athletes. Yeah, I think uh, it's a great question. Um, today, I, I don't think much. Um, I think maybe five years ago, there wasn't, um, it wasn't quite as well known. Um, and so there was some apprehension, you know, I remember recruiting guys to our program and, uh, it it was a clash of cultures because we got like middle-aged, uh, tough, like white dudes. Uh, (laughs) and I like have to talk to them about loving, loving, kind, loving kindness meditation. And they like, you know take off their camo hat and take out their dip. And like, what are you, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, what are you talking throw, about? throw out the homophobic <laughs> slur of your choice there. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, um, no, that I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit for, for my point. Of course. But, um, we all, we all have the same experience. We just use different language. And, um, so mm. my, my mm. job when, I'm trying to bring together like football or military with mindfulness community is just to translate. So um, in the contemplative world, like loving kindness, all that means is teamwork and caring. And so like, that's all I had to say. And the guys, and the guys got it. Um, and, and today there's kind of a different challenge. So there, there's a, a lot of receptivity uh, publicly and in, within organizations um it can mindfulness can be a hard thing to vet anybody can say like they're a mind they're a wellness coach what does that mean um and so you're i think being able to show results and credentials and rigor um and like specifically so it's like we're going to help you in these ways or uh, this will be beneficial for for these purposes um, is important to do because I, I think there's, um, and the, the joke is that it's like Mick mindfulness, like everybody's you know, 
doing it now or it's getting out into the world in ways that aren't that rigorous. And so our job, I think now is to say like, Richie's one of the best researchers in the world in this. We've done some cutting edge work. Um, you know, don't fall for the person that, uh, that doesn't, um, that oversells their benefit or that doesn't know, you know, the oversells concerning because these things are, are great, but it's not, um, like getting three to 5% better is amazing. Uh, right. that's like incredible. And if it, if it compounds and you continue to do it and that compounds over time, it's like working out, like it, it's, um, it's not going to change your world, but if you're dedicated to it, it'll be really beneficial. Some people these days are, are really overselling the benefits. And, um, if it sounds too good to be true, it likely is. Um, right. so I think being, being grounded and humble and, and sharing how it does, um, help you uh is better today than than some folks that do the oversell it's nice man you're dropping some nuggets here and i i talk to rj a lot about it um my family and i when i when i bring you up i'm like man he's he's really you're really a different person man in a, in a good way I, being around you in college and stuff uh on the football field of course just because of your position you, you radiated this animosity um, because that's just the that's just the nature of the game, unfortunately. Um, you in the linebacker position is is even heightened, and so. But now being around you for the last four years, five years, it's like you have this peacefulness with you, um, very, very calm. <laughs> and me having high anxiety, being around you, I'm like, wait, why doesn't he have high anxiety like me? <laughs> 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 like, uh, so I kind of wanted to just throw that out there. Uh, I, I, I know I'm doing too much talking here, RJ. So that's my bad, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> love for you to try. <laughs> I, you know, talking about the everybody has the same experience, just different, you know, words or languages or everything else. That's the sign of a really good teacher understanding that. So uh, I work on high voltage power lines for a local utility company. And that's one thing that I tell like apprentices when they come through, like you can teach anybody, uh, you know, whatever you want. You just have to find the way for them to, uh, to be able to understand it, to be able to, uh, to put it in words that they can all of a sudden, you know, react to it. So right. you putting the love and kindness to teamwork and caring is like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that would get through to a lot of guys. That's, that's really awesome. Um, <clears throat> so talking about the mindfulness and you're talking about yoga and, uh, you know, meditation, um, a lot of Eastern philosophies. So we're going for our holistic approach. And then you work with a neurosurgeon, which would be more, uh, you know, your Western mind, body, and spirit, as far as trying to get that to one, like, when you mm. train, how or are teaching these courses, do you start with that right away or do you bring it together towards the end when people can kind of, you can kind of see where it's going and then all of a sudden you can connect all the dots? More That's a good question. Of the, more, yeah, more of the latter. Um, the only place where the mind and body are separated would be in a science textbook. Um, there's no, I mean, mm. your nervous system ends at your brain. There's no... Uh, in the West, we cut off the head and say, like, you know, reduce everything to how your neurons fire, how your brain works. 
and it's all it's all um, visceral. I mean, you're, there's intelligence within your body. Um, you know, that sat, would have sounded like a weird thing to say years ago. Oh, but we we of course know it now, and we hold traumas in our body. There's a lot of psychosomatic suffering that people have. Um, so they're they're one and the same. Um, I, w- I would say with search inside yourself, it's not we don't get into the the soul or the spirit or anything like that. Um, I think people experience that. Um, it is a program that was, you know, created in Silicon Valley for tech companies. Mm-hmm. So like they're, uh, and I think this is okay. I mean, it gets some criticism for being like for productivity, but, um, I think it's a yes. And I think you go through the program and you f- it's, it's a well being program. And when you feel better, you, you know, do what you love, probably more productively. Um, so I think we, it's emotional intelligence is is oftentimes physical, um, as much as it is mental. I mean, you've got neurons in your gut, um, your body. There's an interesting study out of Iowa that we present, um, in the program. Um, I won't go into it, but basically, um, participants, uh, I have to go into it a little bit, I guess. Um, (laughs) They're playing. They're pl- they're playing a card game that's rigged, and they're hooked up to a polygraph test. And the researcher are, are asking them, "Like, are you noticing anything throughout the game?" And they're just, "No, they're playing it." And meanwhile, their palms are sweating. Uh, your palms are the only area of your body that respond to stress by by pers- perspirating. Um, like they're the first ones to. And so there's they're when they're reaching for a certain deck, their palms are on fire, and uh, still their brains like don't know what's going on. Um, and they filmed it and participants were starting to favor the deck that wasn't rigged. So their body was making decisions and, and experiencing something their mind um, didn't know yet. Um, so we do a lot of practices that tap into the wisdom of the, of the body. Um, emotions are first like physiological uh, feelings in your body. You feel, we all know that feeling of like when you're anxious, you're, you're jittery or tight or you know, you feel like someone's behind you sometimes, or if you're um, like, you really experience emotions in the body. So a way to tap into that, to teach people that um, something called a body scan, where you just sit calmly and kind of check through, you know, foot to to head, like, what's going on there. And it's weird, because, you know, people don't stop and do that. But when you do, you'll realize like, oh, there's uh, a lot of action, like, in my back or in my chest, like I feel like tension in my chest and um, that's your body has those sensations all day, every day. Um, Mm. And just stopping in to check and see how you're doing gives you um, a keener awareness of your emotional state. So head and body are one and the same. Um, I've got a lot of personal feelings about soul and spirit. Um, I think Sometimes we're too science heavy and we think we can reduce and explain everything in the lab. Um, There's a great Scottish physicist that um, became a philosopher and he's got a quote I love. He said, of all the things we've learned, of all the things we've done, we can say one thing for sure. Something unknown is doing what we know not. Like Mm. Basically, like there's an inexplicable part of the universe. And uh, I think... You can interject any word you want there, God or faith or the right. unknown or the, or the universe. Um, it's a hard thing to go into corporations and sell, but um, so we stick basically with emotional intelligence. Absolutely, man. 
Absolutely. RJ, go ahead, man. Uh, <laughs> now, that was a good that, question. I'm like, you're, 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 you're firing off well, some good ones. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm, I'm laughing because, like, you know, it's a hard thing to sell corporations, but, like, the case study is Japan. Like, uh, you know, they've had the, the mindfulness, the wellness, the physical fit kind of a mm-hmm. thing down, and then everybody's for the greater good there. And they're 10 years ahead of us technology-wise. Their productivity is off the charts. Uh, you know, Schools. their happiness and <laughs> depression levels, I don't I don't think they're as bad, but some of that might be just internalizing it too because they don't want to they don't want to be burdens kind of like, you know, we don't want to be burdens, but they take it to another level. They don't want to be burdens on society, let alone family and everything else. Right. Um Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me so uh, my <laughs> wife and I watch a show that we're trying to get Mons into uh, on Netflix called Queer Eye. Oh, and let me tell you, <laughs> that show is right up like this conversation's alley. Because, See, I need to watch. Yes, to watch. because they go Come into on. a lot of this too, where it's not just the science. It's about you know, look good, feel good. You know, you radiate the positivity. Mm. That's one thing that we've wanted to create was this positivity and everything. Um, I just, I commend you with, uh, you know, the studies you've been doing, where you've been going, how you relate everything to everybody else. Like this is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah. You you go ahead, Chris. (laughs) I was just going to say, I I appreciate it. And I I think, um, just a thought on on your comment on Japan, uh, Mate's comment earlier about you know, the football archetype versus the calmer person. Um, some of the fiercest warriors ever have had a deep contemplative practice. And Japan's a great example um, with the samurai. So yeah. it's not, I, and I think there's this, um, some of the apprehension or, or, or misconception about this is like, it's going to turn me into like a muddled, like soft, like wispy, like, and I think sometimes the opposite can be true. Um, when you have a practice, like you have clarity on who you are. And when you need mm. to, you can step into these situations and like defend yourself or just like have an opinion that is like just and righteous and stand your ground. Because I think and in the past, I'd done some of this is like, look, I, I, fuck it. I don't, I don't care. Right. Um, but this is like kind of an organizing principle that helps you like, Toughness is not maybe the right word, but um, to know who you are and stand by your values. Um, Absolutely. And so it's not, they're not, uh, you know, toughness and sensitivity, I think, are uh, go together. It's not like you have to choose one or the other. Mm. Yeah, I really like that analogy that you used, the snow globe. Um, I'd love for you to share that again, just in case if people missed it earlier in the show. Um it's such a powerful analogy and it, I think it really touches on you, why, why you've made such a change and, 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 and how you are today. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a good um, analogy for meditation. So life is like shaking a snow globe and, you know, sitting down to practice meditation is like setting it on a flat surface. Um, so those, those snowflakes represent your thoughts or your ruminations, anxieties, depressions, and they're still there. Uh, when you practice, but they settle a little bit or maybe a lot and um, life's going to pick back up 
and you're going to come back and, and sit again. And yeah. um, it's, it's a simple thing. And it's, um, it, it, it's a helpful visual for me when I, you know, things are, around me are moving a million miles per hour. Um, it reminds me to sit and take a break. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. So I really appreciate you sharing all that, man. I really, really do. Uh, to everybody who may just be tuning in, we're talking to Chris Borland. Um, just a overall great human being, great friend of mine. Um, and also somebody who's trying to help me lose weight. I need to lose <laughs> weight. Mr. Borland. I've, <laughs> I've, uh, I've plateaued a little bit. I got to get with Joe, uh, Joe Thomas and get him. Yeah. Kick her, kick her asses. And yeah. So, Name so this, yeah. <laughs> he, he always, he I always do that. Me. Well, just so yeah. you know, too, we have look a running... out. There's there's names dropping. <laughs> we we uh we have a running joke on our podcast that Russell Wilson cost Mons a Heisman Trophy. Uh, it's just like a little <laughs> little running joke we have, and then we also have that JJ Watt cost you guys a national championship. <laughs> so anytime they want to come there's on and defend there. themselves from both, they're welcome to. But that's kind of that's uh, how we roll a little bit. Right, I like it. It's... Um, squarely, it's squarely their fault for yeah. those two. <laughs> just, just no theirs, more yeah. context. Like we're talking about the the yeah. uh, clickbait. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Borland, man, I, I I love it. I love it. So again, man, we're trying to lose some weight, man, and I really want you to. And you've been doing this keto, man, this keto diet, and again, obviously, you know, you're working on your physical health, etc. I kind of want you to touch on, man, like what you know the. They, they go hand in hand, physical health with mental health. Um, I know that you go biking now too, and all that stuff. Which RJ and I are going to go biking with you sometime. Yes, RJ, I just volunteered you. I was going to say, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, uh, when is this going to happen? What? I I think there's a hurricane that week. I don't know if I'll make it. <laughs> I think, nice, but um, yeah, Borland, man, I really want you to, to yeah chat, man, about the you know the physical side of of mental health, uh, you know, working on your body, eating right, et cetera. Yeah. I, um, well, it wasn't a, the tail end of 2020 was, was rough for me. Mm. So, uh, uh, basically two moves, I uh, lost a couple of still struggling to, to keep alive a couple of these, um, media projects that I'd worked over a year on, um, and spent some money on and, and waiting to get paid for the other. Mm. So, um, just a rough end of the year and, you know, combine that with isolation and moves and things. And my first winter in eight years. Um, and it's true. Like your blood thins. I like, I was such a baby this winter in Wisconsin, but, um, part of that was I gained some weight. So I was like up over two forty, which I hadn't been since I played. Um, and it was a very different constitution than it was when I was a player. It's not, not muscle. Um, <laughs> But uh, I started working out with uh, some random offensive lineman that I won't name, and uh, <laughs> you you can name them. Come on! <laughs> so he always he always gives and, me crap. Like I said, hey hey, I'm gonna reach out to Borland. He and, says and see if- no. He goes he goes. So when I played with Tom, as in Tom Brady, or uh, you know, oh, when I was yeah, drafted, yeah. you know, this guy Peyton in the locker room. So I always go name dropper. <laughs> Yeah. So that's well, where that like came people, from. We're just, just having some fun. Yeah. I'll meet people that went to Harvard and they'll say, like, I went to school on the East Coast. Well, like in Boston, like Harvard. Like, <laughs> yeah, you say it. Exactly. Right? <laughs> um, but, well, yeah, uh, please uh please go ahead. Yeah. 
No, but I, I really needed to uh, to start working out and eating healthier. Um, you know, my cousin uh, owns a pig in a fur coat and alimentary and uh, great restaurant, a good buddy. <laughs> it's yeah, it's phenomenal. And a good buddy owns Gotham bagels. So like first winter, you know, stressful life, isolation. I was eating like eating well. a bagel for breakfast, a, <laughs> a deli sandwich for lunch and like a decadent meal for dinner like you know four times a week so i was fat um, which is fine living the life i mean (laughs) (laughs) i enjoyed it man i didn't i I enjoyed it but it was uh it definitely affected my mood um so i was you know just randomly i ben strickland who i hope that's not a name drop but he did play and coach at wisconsin uh ben i knew knew i was back in town and he invited me uh to work work out uh three times a week with this group and uh, I joined and was like, like ashamed at how pitiful I'd become. Uh, you know, I had that athlete judgment of like, I can't believe you are this like both out of shape and weak somehow because um, I hadn't literally lifted in a while. So um, I overcame that and I and uh, have stuck with the group now for like six months and. Um, yeah, I feel great. I've lost like 40 pounds and I'm stronger, probably as close to as strong as I was as uh, at Wisconsin. And uh, right. part of that has been this like Joe's the biggest uh, prof, you know, proponent of uh, the keto diet, which I've tried and um, had amazing results for the first month. Like lost a ton of weight, felt really like, great mental clarity, lots of consistent energy throughout the day. I've plateaued a little bit and, or, um, it's a strict diet and between like Easter and my friends who are chefs in town, like, and I hosted someone who's taken their daughter on a college visit recently. It's been hard to like stick with. Um, so I, I need to get back <laughs> into being a little bit more rigorous with it. Uh, started to put back on some weight, but, um, mm-hmm. it's an interesting diet. It's, it's, you, you, you burn fat as your fuel source rather than, glycogen or basically sugar so like those you, you get fat adapted um and a lot of people have had a ton of success with it my mm-hmm. i i loved it i loved it to start um we'll see it how how sustainable it is i might do it take a break and do it again um if one of the rules i i feel like if you're a if you're into mindfulness and the people that are into keto like one of the rules is the talk about it all the time so i try not to like be that <laughs> annoying person it's like have, have you meditated or have you heard about keto but if i'm asked i'm, I'm happy to, let me tell you about it. our lord and savior the <laughs> pork chop <laughs> well like, joe and i can have like you know 15 minute conversations about like you know steak and vegetables like it's uh nice. it's not that in- I mean, not that interesting <laughs> he lost a lot though we're talking joe thomas who was what was his playing weight went 300 oh i think he was like 315 320 yeah. at times of cleveland and uh you got, got, got abs that's all you gotta say like he's like 250 <laughs> um oh that, that was part of like, my motivation i looked across the weight room and like you know this guy's we weigh the same amount and he's seven inches taller than me so i should probably <laughs> probably stick with it i remember the first time i up. saw him on tv after he retired and i'm like who is that guy that is <laughs> yeah. not the offensive lineman i don't know who <laughs> this joe thomas is but he did not go to wisconsin 
out there looking like a tight end. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> and it's it's funny you bring that up, Borland, because you know he inspired you to do it. And when you sent me photos of just your before and after of just how much that's you all lost, he's talked about for a month, Chris. That's all. He's I'm like, about. yeah, I, yeah. I showed my entire family. I'm like, you guys look. I'm like, that's it. I'm like, that's enough. That's, I mean, there's so many success stories, and then I have somebody this close who has done it and lost a significant amount of weight in, in what, a matter of eight weeks. I'm like, okay, it's time, but uh, I need to hop back on. I, I lost 15, but I, I kind of slipped. <laughs> yeah. You and I, uh, I'm getting back into it after a bad Easter and then this past weekend. So uh, <laughs> you and I can do it together. Let's go biking, man. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drag RJ w- um, along and uh, you know, I may pass out, but <laughs> <laughs> But as long as long as you can get my two kids to start biking too, so they sleep, I'll do it. But otherwise, I got two little kids to chase around, and you know, Mons, you know how much they run around. I do, I you do. Need three yes. days and one overnight, you need three days to recover. Right, uh, Borland, man. Um, honestly, man, we're we're kind of we're about eight nine minutes away from from ending, man. But I, I want to obviously give you the floor, man. If there's anything that you want to chat about. Um, obviously picking a fur coat, a wonderful restaurant, you guys on Willie street in Wisconsin and Madison to be exact. Awesome place. Great food. Um, I'd love for you, Borland. Is there anything that you want to bring up, man? We kind of ran through our questions already. So floor is yours, man. Yeah, there's, um, I've got a few things cooking, but that are a little off in the distance. So I'll be doing another podcast, um, likely, um, but that's going to be, you know, we're basically at the, at square zero, but okay. the idea is there, and we've got um, some people from NPR. Um, I just I want to do it really simple. I just want to like talk to great writers that wrote really good sports books, um, and we're just going to. I'm friends with some of these people, and I've read a lot of these books, and it's just like no production, no. It's just going to be like Charlie Rose style, sit down at a desk and like talk about basically like an issue through the lens of sports. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, race, gender, um, a number of things just through a sports book. And, um, I can just say, you know, I've got nothing to like sell or you should definitely go to my cousin's restaurant, but, um, <laughs> I do think that's a value in, in sport is, um, it's like if you took a soil sample, uh, you kind of, it's a cross section of everything. And it's like you dig down and because it, sports are a meritocracy, mm. it's so interesting, like who, what stories are discovered. And there's so many phenomenal books about um, you know, based culture through the lens of sports. And I think that's a huge value other than just the entertainment and the fun. Um, like we can, it, it surfaces issues that usually sports are ahead of society. Like, Jackie Robinson plays for the Dodgers before Brown versus the Board of Education. You know, like, right. um, you know, Cap kneels before BLM is becomes what it is societally. Um, you know, Kurt Flood is a card, formal Cardinals player that mm. um, fought for athletes' rights before. Hey, like, Mats has no idea later. what you're talking about. <laughs> no idea. But I do. You should look yeah. into our, our sports Free podcast. agency <laughs> exists because of Kurt Flood. Uh, months. That's basically. He always gives me. He always gives me crap on our sports one because he starts throwing out baseball names, and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, okay, yeah, it's, totally. 
Baseball, baseball is like the nerdiest sport too. Like you, you talk to like an old timer that loves Listen, baseball. You, you want to talk like, about exit velocities? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and barrel rates. It's, it's well, I've got, I got. So I'm gonna the the that's something I'm interested in, and it's likely gonna happen, and I'm I'm excited about it. It's funny we've got uh, all NL Central fans here: Brewers with yeah, URJ, right. Cardinals, and I'm I'm Cincinnati Reds, Reds fans. I and the Reds I, are the hottest I, team right now. I got it. That's why I brought it up. I've got to brag because my window will close shortly. And def- with that lineup, so. I don't know that that lineup last year was awesome. So it's just finally coming to fruition this year. I mean, been waiting for Castellanos to take advantage of that launch pad that is the Cincinnati home ballpark. So great, great American. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll if we do another podcast months down the road, I'll be more a little bit maybe more dejected after they have their inevitables. <laughs> reds like <laughs> but uh, you know that now, used to be the I, brewers until it wasn't anymore so you never know <laughs> yeah it's um I'll, I'll keep my hopes up even if it's naive that's okay <laughs> that's what sports can do for you <laughs> uh so you know before we got into like our interviewing and everything we were talking about you so mm-hmm. i would like to bring those questions up again so you moved from la to Dayton to Madison during the pandemic. Is that right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I, so 2019 was a crazy year. The, um, for in Dayton specifically, um, 15 tornadoes tore through town. Um, there was a K, there was a KKK rally that they feared would be the next Charlottesville. So Dayton is a poorer city and spends a lot of money to prevent that from happening. Uh, and it wound up just being, you know, a dozen or so yokels from Indiana coming over and embarrassing themselves. Um, and then just, and then just six weeks later, um, on August 4th, there was a mass shooting and the, um, like the one stretch of downtown that's like the cultural, you know, the bars and restaurants and things. And so like in seven weeks they had those three things happen. So I went back and, and we put on a, uh, like a festival, like a peace festival where we had speakers and uh, we did search inside yourself and we did yoga. And then we had like a, like a cookout basically um, and connected with a lot of activists in town around work they were doing and invited my friend uh, who's a documentarian to just capture it all. Um, and it turned into a, a film project. So we had just these amazing people on the ground doing incredible work uh, putting a, a grocery store in, in a food desert, uh, this like 35 year old incredible pastor at a, at a Baptist church who's taken over the congregation in a hellacious year. Um, the mayor, um, has done an awesome job. The police chief, uh, has a graduate degree in, in contemplative studies and he teaches, uh, incoming officers, yoga and meditation. So like this incredible cast of, of characters doing awesome work on the ground. Um, and so we we're going to make a documentary of it. The idea would, was to have it out ahead of the election, um, but because of COVID and because of some other circumstances, um, that wasn't possible. So I'd I'd moved back to Dayton in the fall of uh, 2019. I thought it'd be temporary, and uh, I did go back to LA um, like right after New Year's, and then when the pandemic hit and we're still working on the film. Uh, needed to get, I couldn't afford to get stuck in California. Right. Um, so I moved back and I had a friend I could run a house from in Dayton. And then, uh, 
and then we lost the we temporarily lost the project. We're going to salvage it. Probably be a short film, but um, I was like, then I was in Dayton alone in a pandemic, um, which is when the, kind of the wait started to happen. And uh, um, and I realized like it was a good time for reflection and thought, um, do I need to go back to LA? Um, I've always thought like I want to settle in Madison at some point, and maybe that time's now. So I made that decision and uh, moved out of LA for good, like before the summer, um, which meant like selling off my few things and uh, yeah, and then just coming coming up to Madison in the fall. That's awesome, man. Um, let's definitely commend you, man, for for one just for sharing just just from the heart your honesty, um, sharing some personal things and and it's it's an honor man it, it honestly is uh i i'm still growing and learning and trying to get to the point to where you're at with emotional intelligence i obviously my story's my story's public i struggled with it heavily um but uh rj and i are trying our best uh to spread this positivity and and to en- enlighten folks about why we should not cut our emotions off um so i appreciate appreciate you sharing this stuff man really really do uh, I appreciate that. And I'm grateful for everything you've done. Um, you know, being vulnerable publicly is a really hard thing to do, but it's incredibly valuable for others. And uh, yeah, I just commend you and um, you, admire, man. admire everything that you've done. And um, RJ, we've just met, but I can tell that you've, you've done the work too. So you guys uh, have a great <laughs> thing cooking here and I'm, I'm really happy you're doing it. Oh man. I would not be where I'm at if it wasn't for this guy right here, RJ. Uh, obviously his wife, my sister, family, <laughs> uh, and they know it too. I would not be well right now if it wasn't for them. So <laughs> I'm trying to be better about accepting compliments, but like my personality <laughs> makes it really hard. Uh, but thank you. I appreciate the kind words from both of you. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Monty, you've done the work for yourself. Otherwise you wouldn't have made it this long. And, uh, Chris, like, Dude, you're doing a lot of hard work. And, you know, I'm yeah. glad that you're willing to talk about it too, because there's messiness involved in everything. And talking about the messiness, it's not all above the mud. Some of it you have to get into the mud to get to, uh, you know, the, the better betterment of everything. And uh, that, that's right. awesome. It's fantastic. Glad you're in the Madison area. You know, uh, we're going to get together for really sure. Cool. And the bike trails are yeah. amazing around here, so I'm sure that's why you picked up biking. But <laughs> we're gonna get to yeah, go biking with you last week. But um, went to the zoo, right? Family. Yeah, yeah, we went. Uh, we took the boys to the Milwaukee Zoo. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, there'll be plenty of time to get out, and uh, the weather <clears> should change shortly, so uh, be fun. Yeah. Well, I I got nothing else, RJ. How about yourself? Uh we really appreciate you hopping out with us, Chris. We hope that. You know, we, it was just kind of a relaxing conversation and you had a good time and, uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. We'd really love to have you on again. So (laughs) thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, thank you, man. I'm I'm down whenever. Thank you guys so much. Yes, sir. Well, uh, really appreciate it. We're getting great feedback from people who are listening right now. So thank you, Chris. And, uh, we'll let you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. All right, man. Sounds great. Thanks guys. Thank you. All right, man. All right, take, take care. care. Have a good rest of your weekend. RJ, you, you can too. just keep it going. So for us to end this, you can just keep it going. Yep. <clears throat> that was awesome, man. That was that, awesome. What a what a really nice human being. The fact that <clears throat> Yeah, I mean just talking like his knowledge mm-hmm. is so 
wide ranging as well. Like he doesn't just focus and yeah. I, I just want to say though, like on the record, uh, while we're recording months, your lighting today is <laughs> on point. Is it good? Because I was good. trying to like this is the best to... <laughs> lighting that you've had uh, in months. Like I was trying to fix it. You see me fixing it mid show because I'm like, no, I did not because I was <laughs> I was enthralled with what Chris was talking about. So <laughs> nice. I told you, man. He's a, I appreciate it by the way, but uh, he's a cool cat, man. I aspire to get to that level of emotional intelligence. And and when we say this, you guys, what we're talking about, and again, he shared it um, so well, where it's you wake up and you're feeling a certain way. Well, 90%, probably even 99% of the time, what we do is we just, we don't even feel that emotion and we just go about our day. You can feel something's off, but you don't know what it is. Yep. Then 4 p.m., 5 p.m., you know, you're a little snappy towards your partner to maybe your kids accidentally or, or what have you. So this emotional intelligence that we're talking about is when you wake up or even around lunchtime, when you're feeling a certain way, dissect that, dive into that emotion, figure it out, like what's going on. Think back to what you did yesterday or the last week, or is there a project coming up that you're nervous about, so anxious for? That's just a slither of emotional intelligence. Obviously, that's just scratching the surface. Did you say slither? I did. Sliver? Oh, I said slither? (laughs) I'm sorry, but it was just too funny. No, 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 no. I love it. I love it. I, I why is Slither pop my head? I, is I that a know. movie? I think it's a I movie think on Prime Video. It it is, yeah. I think I might have scrolled by it recently, but a sliver of uh of <laughs> emotional intelligence. You know, sometimes sometimes it's dreams that I have. Like uh you know, mm-hmm. being being sober, having dreams of falling off the wagon, you know, relapse. Um and you just you wake up with that feeling inside of you that's a guilt. It's it's a little bit of guilt. It's a little bit of shame. You don't know what it is, and I have to think back. Oh yeah, I dreamt this, or like, you know, things that involve my kids. Dreaming about things. I, I have really vivid dreams. Uh, I've always had vivid dreams, so uh, they do affect my emotions. And if I don't think about it in the morning, uh, sometimes it can carry into the afternoon, and I don't know why. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, I mean we're all not perfect. I mean, I, man, I wish I would have understood the importance and the value of of emotional intelligence um, throughout college. Um, and that's why it's so awesome to see what Chris Borland's doing. And I call him a mm-hmm. I call him a trailblazer, man, because I mean this this guy, man, went and spoke to the CEO of the Rockies and did something there with them. Um, obviously, the University of Wisconsin as well. Um, they actually have a program for student athletes, a meditation and mindfulness um, program. And it would not have come about if it was not for Chris Borland. And that's just, again, that's just scratching the surface. This man is doing stuff in his hometown of Dayton, Ohio, doing things with the Players Tribune in L.A. Um, he's he's top notch and it's an honor to have him on. Yeah, that, I'm you know, he he insinuated it and I'm like, yes. That means he'll come back. So we'll have him yeah. again. Uh, so <laughs> far, we've had really good track record of guests enjoying themselves. So hopefully we True. can have some uh, recur- recurrences. Yeah. Um, We're just getting started, man. We're just getting started. It, we'll have to make sure that when the Brewers take over first place, we'll have uh, we'll have them <laughs> on to talk about it. You guys crushed us yesterday. Oh, Almost, I'm not, oh yeah. we did? I didn't see. <laughs> Nine to well, five. You guys crushed us. Oh, really? Us. Hmm. <laughs> 
But we, man, this was awesome. Did we get high score? What does that mean? <laughs> this was awesome. Um, again, man, I get a little too excited, and I, if I was talking over you and stuff, I, I apologize. You, I every single I time you say this, you were perfectly fine. So <laughs> I like I like chatting with Borland. He's uh, like you said, he's a cool cat, and Garcia he's uh, who? he's well, learning. He's the example of of what we what we talk about what here. We on aspire to be. Mm-hmm. For sure. Always, always learning, always bringing the positivity and always willing to listen to people from different yeah. backgrounds, different experiences. Because like he said, we all have the same experience. It's just in a different, it's in a different language. It's using that's, different words. That's, it's that's like, powerful. that really resonated with me. And that's <laughs> the word that I was looking for that I couldn't um, think of when no. I was explaining that was, the best teachers find ways to get things to resonate with you. It's it's a matter of finding those those connections. Those you gotta yep. find that that language. Yep. And uh, you know, just talking from my work, mm-hmm. you everybody call has different words for everything. So like, my dad also does the same work I do, and we'll be talking on the phone, and we'll be talking about the exact same type of work. We'll be using completely different words and we'll have no idea what the other one's talking about till we like break it down to basics. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we call that this here. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, it's called this. Why would you call it that? That's, yeah. So that's just, you that's know, an cool. example of getting through those language barriers that we all have culturally. Like, not, it doesn't matter. You could be the same culture and just families have different languages and stuff like that. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh, um, what an incredible young man. Told you, man. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll hang out with you, man. Uh, or we'll, we'll hang out with you. <laughs> I'll uh bring you around as uh What's up, some of, his, some of his guys uh but a lot of the stuff Ron that he Wisconsin. likes to do. Like you said, bike around or not around the lake, but on the side of the lake. <laughs> um Yeah. There's a lot of stuff outside and um I need to be more active outside. Um there's always room for improvement, so yeah, man. Um, one of these times, I'll get, obviously I'll give you an, a notice in advance, but we can we can make it happen, man. Then I can be the name dropper. Then you can be the name dropper, <laughs> uh, a guy who was on Netflix. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah, Lion drops Garcia who uh, for yesterday. So mm, okay. Um, uh, we appreciate it, Boomstick. Thanks for stopping in. We uh, we appreciate the follow as well, and uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for stopping by. Obviously, Carrie, you know we love to see you here. We love to read your stories, uh, what you put in. Yes. Um, thank you for your interactions, Lion. You know, follow Lion at Heart two one nine on tw- on Twitch because that he's a really really good uh, watch on Twitch, and yes, just nothing but positivity. Uh, you know, Hail Mary. We appreciate. you. You talk about the uh, Borland and his advice, and uh, thank you for the kind words about uh, the work we're doing. And really, you know, just trying to grow cause positive space, learning about everything, you know, emotions, right. uh, you know, triggers, kind of everything around it. And like I said, sometimes you got to get in the mud for it too. You got to talk about the messy stuff because if you don't talk about it, people think that it's all rainbows and unicorns, and that's just not the case. Even being a parent, when you talk about being a parent, you know, I, I think that our generation is finally starting to talk about it more. I think the previous generation talked about it a little bit more than that. 
But for the most part, people talk about the good, the sunny stuff. It's it's a lot of mess. And we're not just talking about poopy diapers and spit up. We're talking about every day. Just like all, all your energy goes to these little kids that don't understand anything. <laughs> uh, just reckless. <sighs> little Tasmanian Ju- jumping in, Jumping into a pool where they can't touch the ground like i mean i luckily they had their life jackets on so i could reach over and grab them by their life jacket like where are you going so that's life man. it's a beautiful process trying to plug in things into outlets what i work yeah. with electricity no don't do that no right <laughs> <laughs> but that was uh that was awesome man and again uh um, fantastic conversation. We'll, we'll, we'll be we'll be having some more guests you guys on um former uh players that I've played with um, to players who I haven't played with to uh, doctors, to mental health advocates, community organization, community organizers. I can never say that word, um, et cetera. We're going to bring them on and we're going to have this conversation and, and hopefully Chris Borland's words resonated with those listening and, and, you know, take a piece of what he said today and try to apply it to your daily life. Um, and, and uh, yeah. you know, you can search, uh, the institute that Chris works for, search inside yourself. If you just if you search for search inside yourself institute, uh, it's the first thing that pops up. Uh, if you search Chris Borland Institute, it is like the second or third thing that pops up. Um, Boomstick, thank you very much for the kind words. Uh, thank you. Boomstick. Read the article about Chris and you know Monte's involvement in meditation and mindfulness and how it's introduced <laughs> to the Badgers program. Um, yeah, uh, at Chris Borland underscore is his Twitter handle. Follow him, hit him up, send him some nice words. Uh, you know, and yeah, let let everybody, let's have a good week. Yep. Uh, try to be better tomorrow than we were today. At least, at least if we don't make it, we tried. It's all we can do. And, uh, everybody have a good, have a good, uh, have a good week. Thank you. Uh, real quick, RJ. Yeah. Boomstick just put something in the comment. Uh, so uh, to just our audio listeners, Boomstick put on there on a football note was at the game where Monte broke the touchdown record. We'll never forget that. Appreciate you saying that, Boomstick. Um, memories for sure. Memories for sure. Yeah. And again, we're we're very grateful that you hopped in. Uh, same for you, Carrie and Lion. Everybody else. Thank everybody. You. Thank you for listening. Find us at Untap Keg everywhere. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.